Welcome to the Dry Ground Project podcast. Our goal is to create a global community of professionals caring for young adults aged out of orphanages and foster care. That's what we do. I'm your host, Callie. And I'm your co-host, Amanda. Welcome to the Dry Ground Project podcast. Let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to the Dry Ground Project podcast. Today we have a beautiful, smiley guest in our podcast studio, and we're going to just jump right in with her. Um, Esther, this is the first time I'm meeting you. You are a friend of Amanda's from college, and I've heard a lot about you, but I'm excited to get to know you in this fun way with microphones. So can you go ahead and tell our audience who you are, where you're from, what you do, all the things? Yep. My name is Esther Craven. I go by Esther and also Craven. And I'm a music therapist and business owner in Dallas, Texas. What does that mean? So music therapy is a healthcare uh, service. Music therapy is a healthcare service, and I work primarily with um, adolescents with mental health needs. That's really interesting. How do you find your clients? Um, well, they find us on the internet, and there's a lot of word of mouth referrals also. So one person gets help and then tells somebody else. Nice. Professionals referring. Mm-hmm. Sure. So backing up, how did you get into this field? It's very niche, very interesting. When Actually, I would say I studied it at, at SME with Amanda, but um, I discovered it in 10th grade, I think, in Mrs. Roberts' English class. So she had like a research paper assignment, and we had to choose a profession that we might want to do later on in life and write and do a research paper on it. This is like the super simple English paper where you literally need like four or five sources and it's like two pages long, right? Um, But anyway, we took this like monsters, um, monster.com, something like that survey for... Do you remember those? For yeah, like it's career? it's a joke in the office. It's monster.com, not monsters.com, <laughs> because Michael Scott's in his office, and there are all these, like, monster sounds coming <laughs> out of his computer. <laughs> From the office. Mm-hmm. That's right. Okay. Good. <laughs> Homeschool kid. Right. <laughs> um, and so, anyway, so I took the survey. The survey was like, oh, you should be a veterinarian or a nurse or a music therapist. And I was like, ooh, what's that? And my teacher literally said, don't write your paper on that one. It's too, like, you know, unusual. You won't find any sources on the topic. And so for the sake of the assignment, she was like, do not recommend. This is more work. Do not recommend. Um, And, of course, I was that kid. So I was like, well, now I have to do it. And so I did. I wrote... Uh, the paper, and I ended up interviewing um, a music therapist over at Children's Hospital in Dallas, and who's still there. She is still there, and um, wrote the paper, and then from then on was like, yep, this is it. This is where my love of music and desire to help people cross, and this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. And, you know, what, how old are you, 10th grade, 15 or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something. It was pretty good. We're at the majority of life now. Right. So I didn't know that. That's really fun to learn something new about you after however many years. Um, And I think knowing you from college, like you were the reason I knew what music therapy was. And then when I heard about just what goes into it, I thought, oh, my gosh, this makes perfect sense. Right. We're taking something that's creative and very healing culturally. Right. Like music and uh, putting it in a therapeutic space. And so. I learned it through you 
but then it made so much sense. I was like, why isn't this more of a thing? Why isn't it more of a thing? (laughs) Uh, You know, and in those ages, like when you're in high school and college, like that is when people tend to find the music they identify with. Um, And the music that you listen to during those ages is most likely what you'll listen to for the rest of your life. Like when you're 80, you'll be like, oh, yes, the music from 2013, right, when I was in college. In in my house, we have a joke because my husband, Landon, like loves music between 2004 and 2006. (laughs) All of his favorite albums from all of his bands fall within this time Uh frame. Right, and how old was Landon in 2004 and 2006? I'm not going to do that math fast (laughs) enough, no. (laughs) Bet you anything, he was an adolescent, right? Mm So, what was the question again? Why isn't music therapy more of a thing? (laughs) Oh, well, I I think think it is a thing. It's just that it's not always, like, they're, in our culture, it's very, very, not even just our culture. I think it's like all cultures. It's extremely normal for people to find, like, their safe place in music. That is something that is, I mean, you go to a funeral and, like, it's when that one song comes on in the memorial service that lets you finally cry. That's like when everyone like gets to finally like, release that or, you know, you're a teenager and you're like, no one understands me. And then, but that one artist does. Right. Um, and that's really common. Like everybody actually does that. Like everybody that, you know, uh, and so I think the difference though, is that Sometimes there are ways that you could maybe turn up the volume as far as the intention behind what you're doing and how you're using music um, for to support yourself emotionally. And music therapists are the ones that do that. At least that's that's how what I do. There's also other uses of music therapy. So for like pain management <clears throat> in the hospitals or um, to help babies in the NICU regulate or um, to work with adults with Alzheimer's and dementia. Um kids in schools developmentally so there's a lot of other ways that music therapists work but that's that's how we do it sure but going back to your own origin story I assume music was important to you from a young age can you talk about your history with music and how did you learn what instruments do you play what do you what's your I don't know okay so tell me about music (laughs) (laughs) my whole family is musical Um, and so I definitely came into it honestly that way. Um, yeah, so I was born into it. And then honestly, I didn't learn any instruments until college. So I've always sung my entire life, but I didn't learn, um, any instruments until SMU. And then I learned guitar, piano, um, ukulele. Well, ukulele maybe came a little later and then some hand percussion. And, um, probably my relationship with music in the sense that like that is important to me today as far as music therapy started in high school um and we all do that thing do you remember cd walkmans right <laughs> oh yeah yeah and you have to hold it a certain way so it doesn't oh yeah skip, it would go, you know yeah yeah i forgot about that i'm a few years older than you so i definitely remember yes okay okay i remember tape decks even Awesome. See, I never, I had the boom box with the, mm-hmm, but I never had the mobile tape thing. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, definitely obsessed with like recording all my favorite songs on the radio on the boom box. 
getting the CD in the cereal box and like learning every single song, right? But in high school, um, there was a lot of conflict in my family. My parents separated, and um, it was became a time where like being at home was not the um, a great relaxing place to be. And so I just remember like every morning getting on the bus and like putting my headphones in and listening to that music that made me feel like things were actually going to be okay. And also the music that like validated everything I was experiencing because I was not getting that validation from the people around me. Um, and wow, was it important to like my resilience. And um, there you go. What music was it? I'm so interested. Okay, yeah, there, there was a lot. Um, Jason Mraz was on there. Um, Love for a Child. Oof, never heard that one. Um, Joshua Radin's Beautiful Day. That one, yeah. Yeah, I, because I know you so well, I'm like, wait, oh uh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think we had a playlist at some point uh-huh. that played all of these songs mm-hmm. because adolescence, right? So we wanted to go back to that. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I, I recall. And there were definitely others that were not white men also for the record <laughs> so just the two. this is great to hear thank you <laughs> diversity i know and now i'm like wow hmm, what does that mean now means also the time <laughs> the right? time yeah. the culture yeah. good um and yeah yeah i was like this really helped me and how can i do this for other people and then i discovered the profession awesome can you talk more about how how you do it for other people like tell me because I'm not super familiar with music therapy. So a young adult finds you online. They walk into your office. What do you do? Okay, so our type of therapy looks very much like what uh, like what you might expect from a counseling session. The difference is that our most stand out the most are going to be you have, oh, there's a piano in here. <laughs> oh, there's a guitar on the wall. Interesting. Um, but <clears throat> you would come in or perhaps or on a virtual session because that's still very common um, and you would sit down maybe grab a snack and a cup of water and we would talk about how's your week going what are all the updates you know on your relationship or your th- you know the thing with your mom or the um, how it's been going with school um, how did you know from our uh, assignments last week how how did everything pan out you know when you tried this XYZ strategy so what are those assignments? What are you having them do at home? Um, uh, so, for example, one might be, well, do you mind if we circle back to it? I'm going to tell you, like, the rest of the session. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Go okay. for it. Otherwise, my brain will be, like, skip to the end of the session. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> so how did the homework go, essentially, and then? Yes. So for the rest of the session, we get into, like, the musical part. Of, of the session so um, and that will be it's an activity that engages you in music and also in your own processing and that can be reflective it can be I'm writing a song it can be I'm writing lyrics um, it could be I'm learning something on the instrument it could be I'm, I'm finding music from my past and we're listening to it and processing what was important to it, important about it to me at that time Um, But there's this important thing that happens between there's really there's always a clinical relationship between, you know, me and my clients. Right. 
the client and the therapist, that therapeutic alliance, but there's also a relationship with the music. So if you think of it like a triangle, somebody really smart came up with that, mm-hmm. not me. Um, and so I'm discovering the relationship with their music and building a relationship with them and then helping them to harness whatever that relationship is with their music for their own for their own progress. So, um, <clears throat> so we have some music activities that we'll do and then at the end, we'll do some kind of reflection. What are your takeaways? And then talk about an assignment, something for them to do for the, for the week, like their, um, their homework tasks. So um, one could be like an early on task might be something like, you know, five, find uh, a few songs that help you um, to feel maybe soothed to like your this music helps me feel like I'm going to be okay. A few songs that help you to feel um, really unsettled. Like if you're feeling the anger or the sadness, like this song helps me connect to those feelings. And then maybe a few songs that help you to feel energized, pumped up, hyped, right? Um, and then bring them in the next time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Interesting. So you're working with adolescents, you said. Um but you mentioned all the different applications for music therapy from little babies to, to older adults. Um, so can music therapy help anyone? Do you have to have a special relationship with music? Because, I mean, I'm thinking about me and my life. Of course I like music. Everybody likes music. But I don't think I like music more or less than anybody else. I'm not musical. I can't play an instrument. I've tried a few and failed. But um, I don't know. Who is music therapy for? Okay, so in Amer- especially culture in the States, there is a, um, a, a myth that the, only the people that are good at music get to do music. Um, and so you should only be performing if you're, like, amazing, right? I mean, American Idol is, like, just completely propagates this idea, right? Get off the stage. You're terrible. <laughs> Um, and it's, uh, it's just not, it's just not the case. I mean, art is for everyone, right? Uh, music is for everyone. Uh, the, you know, if lots of people will think, oh, I'm perhaps a musician, so should I go get music therapy? Maybe, but also maybe not because maybe you're an expert in music. So what part of your brain is going to be like really firing? Oh, all that part of you that has your ego and the part of you that has all this factual knowledge, And you're going to be really trying to, like, perform in that space. And so maybe a musician would be better to go to art therapy, something where they can really engage in, like, creativity and play without feeling that threat to their identity if they're not doing it just right. Um, And that's actually, like, would be my approach. Like, if I was, I'd probably engage in something like art or drama or equine or therapy or something like that for me personally. So it doesn't have to be, like, an affinity for music but certainly you would want someone that doesn't hate it right if someone came along and was like sincerely I just do not like it right like most music is too chaotic and I don't for whatever reason I do not want to engage in this stimulus um yeah maybe wouldn't be a fit for them but um I think it is not a silver bullet it's not like everyone can be helped by music therapy it is a very specific creative way to pinpoint specialized therapy and um you know, I think it has to do with, like, what you want to, if you're really motivated in it. Like, if you really want to give your all to it, then you'll get something out of it. But 
Not a silver bullet. Yeah. Some people feel like it is. Yeah, that's true of any therapy. I think you have to put the work in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to uh, say that because, yeah, if, if you if you can't put the work in, right, then it's it's only going to take you so far. So if you, if you like what you're doing, it helps. Um, I was also going to bring up the, like, sensory element of music because uh, this is something that we've seen a lot in our work. You know, we work with adolescents. Um, and, and young adults, and a lot of them really love music. They they use uh, music to kind of quiet the sounds of the street while they're walking to our office or um, as a kind of soothing mechanism before we go into a meeting if they came in after a hard day, right? So we see them using music all the time, the same way that I use music at that age. But I have also noticed, like, what they are drawn to in music is often a reflection of their sensory capacity as well. And I know for myself, like I hardly ever listen to music, believe it or not. I get it when I get home and I like play stuff from, from <laughs> nostalgic <laughs> times and, and an old playlist, right? Uh, to kind of just disengage from what was happening. Um, I know that we've got a couple people on staff who like to listen to like smooth jazz throughout the day and we play it on the Alexa or you know lo-fi hip-hop something calming mm-hmm, and very like chill and quiet uh, but then you know I think of my husband who needs constant blasting metal into his ears <laughs> from the second he wakes up until the second he goes to bed and that's what he needs right so how can like paraprofessionals people like us help our youth identify that it's a need or uh, and, and empower them to be meeting that in this kind of community care setting. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest gaps that I see um, when people come in and they say, oh, I use music as my coping skill. Oftentimes I see they are you, they're intentionally listening to music when they're in a difficult place, but they are often like uh, using it to ruminate. And so they're perhaps I'm feeling very sad. And so I'm listening to the music that really I identify with that exactly. Like finally in this song, I can, I'm hearing and experiencing what I'm feeling in my body and it matches, right? Um, And sometimes the opposite where it's just like, I cannot acknowledge that feeling. And so I'm going to stay out of it. Um, And so the, the biggest like skill gap that I often see is there's an awareness piece that kids need to learn where it's it's just and you can't tell them by the way cannot tell them <laughs> don't listen to that music it'll just make you more sad um like that it's never effective what is effective is helping them to develop an awareness of oh this is music that helps me to feel this way this is music that helps me to feel this way when i listen to i can't think of a there's so many artists now they keep changing but okay so if i listen to um that really sad music, it helps me to to cry, but then I don't end up really feeling better. If I listen to this music, it's so um, soothing that sometimes I feel a little bit unsettled. Now, that's interesting. Okay, so sometimes when I listen to this energizing music, that helps me to feel like I've got my act together, I'm calming the chaos, I'm getting stuff done, I'm feeling productive, feeling energized. Um, and typically it's those sort of three categories unsettled like feeling the feelings soothed like being grounded that's often one of the hardest ones like finding music that helps you to feel soothed and then uh energizing music and once anyone can get to the point where they're like 
oh, I don't really want to listen to this song today. Psh, turn it off or switch the dial. Um, because they're acknowledging like, wow, this makes me feel... Suddenly the song has come on and I'm noticing I'm feeling a little bit dysregulated. That is really powerful. Um, and oftentimes it's not an intentional thing. It's just kind of like a, I just kind of like it, right? I like the beat. That's what they'll say, right? But as adults with fully developed brains, right? you have, <laughs> um, you can absolutely help to help kids to make those connections mm-hmm. for themselves. Yeah, and then they can start to use it intentionally. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about what success you've seen over the years doing music therapy? Success? Well, it's, it's never a linear line. Healing doesn't look like that. Or maybe even, like, how is success measured in, mm-hmm. in a setting like right. this? might be easier, right? Because I, I know for us, like, linear... It, just isn't going to happen. It's but not always linear, and you don't always get to see the beginning right. and end. But but what does it look like if you were like, this is what I want, you know, oh, like every right kid now. to walk away yes. with right now? Like, what would that be? Okay, so the four areas that we, we work on, the first is um, feeling feelings in your body and doing it safely, right? So if you've got... Um, the, the sadness, the anger, the grief, that whatever it is. Um, and perhaps there's a lot of numbing and, you know, that can look like self-harm or like substance use um, or even just like never acknowledging at all, um, disassociating, these sorts of things. Can you connect with your body enough and connect with what you're feeling enough to experience that um, and also feel and understand I can feel this feeling and still be okay? Um so, and music is really good at helping you feel your feelings, right? The good ones and the not so pleasant ones. Um, so feeling their feelings, connecting with their bodies, um, and then expressing that. So I'm experiencing anger and I am able to say to you, I am angry. I'm able to show you with my face and with my body congruently. These are, I'm expressing this. It's not just in my body, but now I'm putting it out in the world creatively in music, in art, with my words. Um, and also doing it hopefully in a safe and healthy way. And lots of communication work goes in there. Third thing we work on is regulation and coping skills. So now I'm experiencing the feeling, can I regulate while I tell Amanda, I'm so upset with you right now. Can I regulate, can I take a deep breath and um, calm my body down? (laughs) And somewhere in there is also the tolerance piece, right? So. Can I endure, Can I just tolerate being this level of upset but still keep everything pretty regulated instead of blowing off the top and going 0 to 100? That sounds so familiar, <laughs> all of those goals. So uh, Esther and I have already kind of hung out and gone on uh, little day trips and stuff while, while she's been here in Latvia, and we talked about like working towards the same goals as a community setting, which is what we do at the Lighthouse, and then working alongside professionals who are helping kids do this very intentionally and then the the goal of the community is to give them space to practice and in order to do that you need to be informed about what things they're practicing right that regulation and that um emotional um kind of identity and uh, identification and communication piece so it's uh like from both sides right to provide care so the regulation, music 
music is really good at, you know, coping skills. I'm kind of phasing out coping skills as a phrase. Mm-hmm. It's getting a little bit too, like, coping skills. Uh. Um, but music for regulation, you know, you go to the gym and you listen to your music and it really gets your body moving, right? Um, or, you know, you need to sort of bring it down after a long day and you turn on the music or you're walking down the street. You're walking down the street and, um, you know, it's really loud and you kind of need whatever. Turn the volume up, turn the volume down, whatever it is. Music is really good at helping with regulation. Um, and then the fourth step is doing those things independently. So um, as healthcare professionals, we like to work ourselves out of a job. And the goal is always for them to be able to, over time, not need us anymore and take those skills and things they've, you know, how they've developed and do it on their own. Mm-hmm. And one reason that I really love music um, as therapy is because of the access that people have, because it's already mm-hmm. in their phones and in their ears and in a part of their day-to-day life. Um, and so, you know, if we were doing something uh like, well, I'll just throw it out there, say art therapy, and this may or may not be the case. Somebody could disagree with me. But you do have to have some kind of um, art supplies, right? Or maybe equine therapy is a better example. You have to have access to a horse, right? Um, music therapy, you do not need to have access to anything that you don't already have access to, um, which I love. So it's good for the independent skill. And those are the four things. Nice. Awesome. What else is nice? Uh, we talked about obsession. Oh, to actually answer your question. <laughs> <laughs> so progress looks like them being able to feel their feelings, connect with their bodies, um, uh, express themselves, and learn to regulate and then do it independently. And sometimes that looks very messy. Like um, it's not uncommon for people to go from um, uh, internally directing all of their emotion I'm harming myself, I'm, I'm shutting down to, oh, good, now I'm feeling my feeling and I know how to express it, and I'm explosive, and I'm angry, and I'm directing it at you. Um, and that's actually a marker of progress mm-hmm. for a lot of our kids. Sometimes it gets really messy. Um, the expression gets messy when it's happening, and the feelings are really messy. Um, and then that's why the regulation piece then is, is part of the next step. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I think your point about access is interesting because we we do all listen to music and it seems like it's about how intentionally we can do that and how much we can use music as a tool to help us heal we can either mindlessly play the songs on our playlist or we can let them work for us in a way like our goals i don't know no i think that's true yeah um, and certainly there is, I don't know, I don't want to say that it's wrong to like kind of just have music be what it is. I don't know that when I was listening to like my playlist on the bus, I don't know if that was intentional. If I was like, now I'm going to regulate myself by putting in my headphones and this helps me to feel better about my parents, you know, and their relationship issues or whatever. But, um, it is something where like, um, it's, we know that our brains respond to music, right? And so it's one of those things where it's like, aha, there's something happening here. This is amazing. It's magical. There's a little bit of magic happening. And 
there's more that you potentially can do with it if you harness it as a tool, right? If this is just happening, you know, randomly, sporadically, sometimes, what if you made it intentional? So, yeah. What's your favorite book right now? That you've any read in, book. any book, mm. and you can only pick one. Can I look at my Goodreads? Sure. Am I allowed? Yeah, you could do. But what if I don't remember? This is a test. What if I don't remember? (laughs) I always need to look at my Goodreads. This is one of those like impossible questions where it's like, well, do you read a lot? All the time. Same. Well, the book that I'm reading right now is The Radium Girls. Oh, and that was turned into a series, wasn't it? Mm Hmm. So interesting. So interesting. Okay, I'm going to do a little pitch for Come As You Are <laughs> by Emily Nagoski. Um, and the title of it is, the full title is Come As You Are, The Surprising New Science That Will Transform Your Sex Life. Because there are so many uh, misunderstandings about how our bodies work and how sex works and especially the female body. Um, and it's just like... You know, we talk about how important it is to have relationships, healthy relationships with others, but also that relationship you have with yourself, your physical self, right? These conversations you have with, I don't know, your brain and like your skin around your stomach, right? And like these sorts of things that go back and forth. And if what you think the idea of what your um, sexual self should be is defined by these absolutely, you know, unrealistic um let's say very uh i'm trying to figure out the right way to say the porn industry did it without saying that (laughs) no but cultural damages caused right 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 by that by that industry by that mythology by that mythology okay um and it's just absolutely beautiful Mm -hmm. and wonderful like for men and women I'm putting it on hold right now in my library app. It's like, just devour it. It's amazing. That's not what your podcast is about, so we don't have to go into it, but man, it is. We could have an episode about sex, but as we mentioned earlier, our mothers listen to this. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Hi, Mom. (laughs) Oh, okay. My other fun question is, what is your favorite music right now, and what music do you use to regulate? Mm Mm-hmm. So I am, I feel very like, uh, I don't know, fortunate to be able, I constantly have new music in my life, which is now I know not actually usual. Like now I'm 31. The, uh, it's at this point, it's really normal to not like be adopting new music. Um, so I do get a lot of new stuff from my clients and their incredible music taste. Sometimes they find stuff before it like blows up, which is very fun. I had one client that, um, was extremely into, oh, shoot, what's her name? Billie Eilish. <laughs> well, that's true. She's yeah, really somebody, one of my clients was into Billie Eilish before that got really big. But also, no. Um, Olivia Rodrigo. Thank you. All right, we have a mind re- reader present in the room. Olivia Rodrigo. She was, like, completely, and then she, like, blew up. She was like, I knew it. Um, but anyway, uh, let's see. I have... Do your clients ever have terrible music taste that you just have to like suffer through every once in a while someone's really into something that is they have a lot of music that perhaps is 
like racist or violent or very adult mm -hmm. content. Um, and that can be a little difficult to navigate because there's sort of, we really believe in holding a safe space for any type of self-expression, um, but also guiding toward healthy consumption of content, right? And age appropriate. And so sometimes that's difficult. You know, like what do you do if someone comes in and they're listening to, you know, all this, you know, they're, they're a white kid from the countryside and they're all the N-word and, you know, what do you do? Um, so that can be tricky, but otherwise, no. Great. Um, but music you like. I don't really think there's bad music. Um, okay, definitely Beyonce. Definitely Lizzo. Uh-huh. Um, I love AJR. I will never get tired of Brandy Carlisle. Um, everybody needs to experience at least a little bit of K-pop. <laughs> uh, Pussy Riot is on my... There's a lot of, like, TikTok viral songs now that come about. I actually like that phenomenon because I think it takes the power out of the... Um, the record labels a little mm -hmm. bit. They don't get to just decide what's cool. People get to kind of crowdfund mm -hmm. the algorithm and people get to decide what's cool. Um, there's a song called Good Morning Sunshine by the Narcissist Cookbook. It's very much <laughs> themes the of mm -hmm. um, it's my sister said uh, this is exactly what depression is like. Um, like you wake up and you're depressed and you have to get out of bed and it is it's a, it's a really cool listen. Recommend. It's a bit of an experience. It's one of those songs. It's not just like, oh, it's a song. Um, I also just really enjoy music that I can recreate well. And music that is Disney Broadway musical. Mm. Yeah. Fun. So is that what you're mostly playing on piano and guitar is um, music you like? Or do you write original stuff? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not really into writing original songs. A lot of music therapists are. Not really my shtick. Um, I have two sisters that have both gotten really into that. Um, I really enjoy recreating music that, you know, I found. Yeah. And that can be healing, too. Yes. 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 Healing, beneficial, um, enjoyable, I think. All, you know, all of those. Yeah, Just another way to engage your brain, seems like. Well, thanks for being here. And you're here in Latvia for the first time. For the first time. Visiting your old friend. Your old pal. <laughs> Oldest, bestest friend. Nice. What do you like most about Latvia so far? I'm just curious. Well, it's a Disney world of coffee shops and pastry shops. That's it. You just could live your life here and just walk around and, and go get coffee and go get pastry and then go to the next place and maybe do some computer work at the coffee shop. And then, oh, it's afternoon. You could go to, I don't know, the winery. I don't know if you have wineries. You could go and get a glass of wine, do the exact same thing. And then, um, yeah, it's just like really great and a little, I don't know, I love that. <laughs> I was going to say, I introduced you to garlic bread. Latvian oh, garlic, garlic bread. I Latvian forgot. garlic bread for the first time yesterday. 
and that was like a, a spiritual experience. I loved the video of it because it was like <laughs> there was the bite and then there was a pause and then there was the moment of enlightenment. I was a little bit like rolling my eyes at Amanda at the moment. I was like, why is she recording me? Like, I'm obviously not going to respond to this. Like, this is it's just garlic. And then I was like, oh, <laughs> wow. <Yeah. laughs> it's a religion here. Like finding the spot that has the best garlic bread. Like it's you just got to do it. Have it. And that was all alright. Yeah. That's pretty good. It's really good. And then I was like, and how much is it? I'm like, this is like fries? This is like ordering a side of fries. <laughs> yeah, so we're just gonna do that every night for the rest of the time that you're here and we'll be great. Totally well rounded diet. Yeah. Totally all the food groups. It's totally fine. Just garlic. One hundred percent garlic. Awesome. <laughs> is there anything else you wanna say about music therapy that we didn't cover? I would say one of the biggest things that I often, like, I wish that I could help with, but I can't. Like, I need to, it needs to be somebody in the actual community um, is, like, let's say they're really into songwriting, and they've had just these amazing series of sessions with me where they've written songs that aren't just good songs, but they've started to tell their own narrative in those songs, and um, they're integrating, you know, their past, their trauma into what their their story is now, their life. and I'm like, wow, have you ever considered sharing this with somebody else? And they're like, yeah, I would. Yeah. Or maybe we've made a recording. But who do they show it to? Where do they play that song? <laughs> right? Um, and, you know, I've given tasks like, okay, your, your task is to go home and, and share this with one person. Right? And sometimes the vulnerability that it takes in order to bring someone into, like, your music safe space is so like that's a big jump um and so sometimes it's just they just keep it private they don't reach the point where they're where they ever share their lyrics or their music or the recording um or maybe they can perform maybe they're like really good but like where do they do that mm-hmm. you know and I help them find resources but then reaching the point where like they actually go to the coffee shop and the open mic and play their song is like that takes so many steps that I cannot ethically hold their hand through um so that that sort of step is really big Mm -hmm. that sometimes and it doesn't have to be like performing music it could be other things also um but you know just having someone that's willing to go there with you yeah a mentor (laughs) mentor. and that's why we strive to be healthy community for these people who may not have anybody else to turn to Mm -hmm. and we haven't had any youth sharing their art with us yet much but maybe someday Mm -hmm. also just knowing how important it is if they share their music with you period Mm -hmm. like it is never it is almost always a big deal if they're like let me show you my favorite song um for I, i don't get to work with foster youth that much or aged out youth that much because of funding sources, but, um, you know, I have one and she just seeing the, the transitions and how, you know, I'm, uh, you know, there's not a lot of people that get to stay with her through her journey and, but you know what her music sure does, right? Like that one favorite song, that one favorite artist, it's always going to be there in her world. And I think it's important to acknowledge, like, that stability. Like, here is one relationship. I'm putting quotes around because mm-hmm. we know it's not, like, a real – it's not a person. 
But in a lot of ways, like that is a stable thing that is so valuable. Um, and just like acknowledging that, that like the music space tends to be, it's not just music. It's who I am. It's where I've been. It's my identity. It's who I'm trying to become. This is the person I look up to, right? This is my safe place. This is my, I can be a mess place. Like it's all these things. Nice. That's really good. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so you are located in Texas and mm-hmm. Dallas area um so how can people reach you if we have listeners that are there that are interested in um, either partnering with you to get these services or they have a a young adult who who could benefit from these services how can they get a hold of you um so i would go to our website which is ntxtherapy.com so n as in nancy tx like texas therapy com um we're called north star therapy and we're also on instagram as that at north star therapy you can message me directly there if you like it's me the website's probably the best way to get in touch with us because it also has our number on there our address and social media all that good stuff awesome so check the show notes for all that good info and thanks so much again for being here with us in riga and in our studio today thank you Bye. bye Thanks so much for listening. The Dry Ground Project is hosted and produced by us, Callie Newton and Amanda Bannister. Music and production support by Aaron Newton. Sound production and design by Jonathan Nevis. Find us online at thedrygroundproject.org, on Instagram at thedrygroundproject, and on Twitter at drygroundproj. See you next time.